Before we get into the word, hi, I'm Pastor Tom. How you guys doing? Uh, how you doing? Carl's got, Carl, Carl, Carl's got the weekend off. His, his son is graduating from Kamehameha. Did I say that right? Oh, you Kamehameha people. Uh, but we have a giveaway before we do that, something fun. Anybody want a free Ono Pop? It's a locally made, naturally made, just an awesome thing. Anybody want one? It's really hot right there. Come on, we got an Ono Pop that I want to give right now. <laughs> This thing is delicious. The owner of the company actually goes to our church, by the way. And so, um, so here's, here's the thing. Uh, we are selling these, actually not we, the Japan Youth Mission Team, they are selling these Ono Pops out there. It's really hot, by the way. And so we're taking advantage of that because God wants us to sell some Ono Pops. And so, um, but I want to give this one out for free. But I want to encourage you guys, go out there and support these guys because um, we send a youth team to Japan every single year to a town, uh, Machida. And um, I absolutely believe there's an anointing. There's a weird anointing on what we do there. A lot of missionaries go to Japan and no one gets saved. How's this? We see uh, for the last five, six years, maybe even more, we've seen um, double figures of, of, of kids that we've been ministering to accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, right? In, in our book, and uh, yeah, come on, that's all God. That they call Japan a missionary graveyard. I don't know what's going on, but when we go there, stuff happens. So you know what? This is a good investment. So the Ono Pop's going to cost four fifty. Give four seventy five. Come on, be generous. <laughs> give more than that and just support these guys. These, these guys are doing a great cause. But I want to give this one away. So I have a uh, I have a trivia question. Okay, the team goes to a town called Machida in Japan. What? Raise your hand real quick, and I'm going to choose who it is. What prefecture is the town of Machida in? Come on, bring it. Yeah. Tokyo winner. Woo! Let's give her a hand. And the rest of you going, that, that was easy. I could have... I could have guessed that, Tokyo. I know where that is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm Pastor Tom. I, I, I get the privilege of sharing the word today. And I hope you guys have been enjoying the Frequently Asked Questions series. I hope to answer some of the questions that you asked. But today, we have an absolute doozy. You know what the doozy is? Is are we living in the last days? Dun, 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 dun. Right? And I think all of us have asked that question, are we living in the last days? Because if you read the Bible, it's like, whoa, wait, what's going on there? Do I see this happening? Man, I'm looking at the news. I'm putting two and two together. Whoa, what's going on? And so you might question it. You might be living in fear. And I remember uh, when I came to this church, when it was called Hope Chapel back in the 80s, uh, I was a junior hire, and I was like, man, I was like, okay, let's have some fun. And I was all about, let's have some fun. I didn't really seriously... Uh, Jesus was like the third thing reason why I came to church. I came because the girls were cute and it was like really fun. And, and I was friends with Carl, who is the pastor's uh, son, and I can get a lot of, in, into a lot of trouble with him. And I was like, why well, I came to church? And, uh, but we, I remember our youth group went to go see a movie uh, that another church was putting on called A Thief in the Night. Anybody remember the 70s Thief in the Night movie? Anybody? No one in, two people. Okay. Do you agree with me? That is a terrifying movie. That is a horrible movie that I'm like, it was all about the rapture and people getting left behind. Actually, I found a trailer online with a modern day commentary. This is what we saw So when I was a kid. So Patty Myers is a good person. She's nice, friendly, 
a regular churchgoer, but Paddy Myers has one problem. Paddy Myers has no faith in God, and she's found herself left behind. It's 1972 and the rapture has happened and Patty has found herself in a new uncertain world. Not willing to take the government and force Mark of the Beast. Not willing to trust in God. Patty has no other option but to run. Run. Run for your life, Patty. Click on the link below to see my full review of the first Christploitation classic, A Thief in the Night. Run, 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 Patty. Uh, and uh, seriously, all, my, I have no good memories of watching this movie. It was terrifying for me. I was junior high. I thought, man, I'm going to youth group for fun. This is terrible. And you know what? Seriously, I think our youth group like doubled. We had a pretty huge youth group back in the day. Half of them were like, I don't want to be like Patty. Please give me Jesus right now. I, I don't want to be left behind. And we were living in fear. And thank the Lord that through my time in youth ministry growing up here, that I learned something really important, that the perfect love of Jesus casts out all fear. Kind of get an amen and hallelujah for that. That I don't want to live in fear. And if you're asking the question, are we living in the last days? And you're going, oh, I think we are. You know what? We have Jesus Christ. He casts out all fear. You shouldn't be living in fear. Actually, you should be looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ returns. It should be a, a hope and a joy in our hearts. Amen? And so I want to make sure. It's like, whoo, okay. And if you really like that movie, I'm sorry. I, I just totally like uh, But you know that they've been asking this question a long time. Are we living in the last days? Actually, long enough that the disciples uh, themselves asked Jesus personally, are we living in the last days? Or what are the signs that are going to show the last days? In Matthew 24, we see the disciples asking Jesus. Later, uh, Jesus uh, sat at the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when all, uh, will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? And, um, and then Jesus goes on. Uh, just Basically, you can read the whole chapter about the signs that will happen that will, be, uh, that will ha- give you an idea when the end is coming. But he doesn't give you a date. He doesn't uh, be very clear. He just says, look out for these, and then it will happen. And so the one thing I want to say to you guys is that this was 2,000 years ago. And here's a fact. We are closer to the end than we've ever been. I'm trying to be dramatic here. And guess what? Tomorrow, it's going to be even worse. We're going to be even closer to that. And so, (laughs) have I freaked you out? And you know what? This is a question that we've all been asking for a long time, and we're trying to figure this out. And, And to be honest with you, some of the signs that we see in the Bible that Jesus talked about, that some of the guys that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that prophesied, look out for this, some of the signs makes you go, hmm, Hmm. Anybody remember the 90s song, Things That Make You Go? Hmm. <sighs> Sorry. Like, the, me and Tammy. Tammy stands in the back. Things That Make You Go? Uh, mm, you know, and so, um, great song. Like, that's a fantastic. But there are things in the Bible, when you read it, go, that makes you go, hmm. Are, is the, is, are we living in the last days? Is Jesus coming back soon? Is the end near? And so I'm going to talk about just three of the things that make you go, hmm. And, um, and it, it makes a really, really good argument. And uh, the first sign that we see to, in today's day and age is that people are deliberately forgetting God. That people are deliberately forgetting God. If you're taking notes, you can fill in that blank. And in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, it says this. 
Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world has uh, first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. And so... What this verse and what Peter is writing is, in the last day specifically, there's going to be a lot of scoffers. There's going to be a lot of mockers. And what's going to happen is, is these people are going to deliberately forget about God. They're actually not going to acknowledge his power. And I, I think, when I read this, I think, how can you deliberately forget something? How is that possible, right? And I thought about this. Anybody invited a friend to dinner? And you go out to dinner, and it's pretty expensive. And then the time comes, the check comes, and they deliberately forgot their wallet. Anybody got a friend like that, right? Right? Oh, my bad. Can't pay for it right now. You have to pay for it. And no one deliberately forgets their wallet. They on purpose go, whoops, you know, conveniently forget it. And I believe uh, in this day and age that there are just people forgetting about, they're like, oh, God created the earth? Nope. I, I don't want to acknowledge that. Oh, Jesus Christ raising from the dead? Nope, I don't want to acknowledge that. That they literally just deny and conveniently say, nope, that wasn't real. That didn't happen. And they're deliberately forgetting God. And here's, some, here's a wake-up call statistic in today's day and age, is that people are forgetting about God. And um, if you guys have done your generational studies and all, there's a, you know, there's a bunch of uh, generations that, that have gone before us. And the, the people who were born before 1945, they're called the traditionalists. Um, here's the stat that I found, is that uh, anybody that was born between, uh, before 1945, 60% of them were Bible-based believers in the United States. 65%. Okay, the next generation, the baby boomers, okay? The baby boomers uh, were born after the World War II, 1946 to 1964. And pretty still a good number, but it started decreasing. You know what the number was? 35% of them were Bible-based believers. We're looking at almost half went down, declined, okay? And then it says Generation X. Anybody Generation X? I'm Generation X. No, nobody, nobody. I'm the, I'm the only. Yay! Okay. We're supposed to be proud of that, by the way. We're Generation X, like, ah, Pepsi, you know. Um, and uh, so that went down to 16% Bible-based believers. Now, what's the next generation after that? The millennials, right? And so uh, guess what the st statistic is for that? That there is 4% Bible-based believers. That they're forgetting. People are forgetting the power of God. And how's that? Let's go back to the traditionalist, 65, and it's declined to 4%. You know who I worry about? Gen Z, right? What's the stats for them now? And can I tell you one thing? This is why we're so dedicated to sharing the gospel to the youth. Come on, the next generation. That's why smokes, lights, drums. Maybe you like, eh, like this. Like, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty loud. You know what? I'm going to be loud for Jesus if we can up the number of the millennials coming to Jesus. If we can up the number of Generation Z coming to Jesus. Let's do anything we can. Amen? Let's bring them. Let's bring them to the church. Share the gospel with them. And, like, let's see what's, what's, what's going on. So that's, that's one. And here's, here's one example. I, I follow a bunch of sports guys on, on Twitter. 
And um, and some of them aren't, aren't Christians, but I just enjoy their commentary on sports. I watch a lot of soccer. But some of these guys, they retweet a, 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 a guy who calls himself the tweet of God. And, and so what he does is he tweets like he is God. But guess what? He's not a believer at all. He actually mocks and scoffs at, um, at Christianity, at God. He makes all these comments, and these people retweet it. And uh, I checked on his, uh, the, the tweet of God. You know how many followers the tweet of God has? Six million followers. That there's six million people that kind of at the same time are mocking, are retweeting, are scoffing at God. And so we're in a day and age where Peter was talking about that people are forgetting about God. Here's a second sign uh, that the end, man, is like, what's going on? Look, we got to figure out. It makes me think, makes me go, hmm, is the speed of the gospel spreading? Right, and I just kind of told you guys that the the uh, the gospel the gospel in the United States is declining. But the fact of the matter is, because of technology and the amount of believers that here on Earth, that the gospel is going out rap- rapidly. Can I get a hallelujah for that? That it's going out really, really quick. Like maybe in the U.S., maybe we're declining. Do you know that chi- that China's going like gangbusters? That they're, man, they're saving people by the thousands on a daily basis. It's pretty cool that the, the gospel is going forward. And so we're in a day and age where it's going out really, really quick. And it's going out with power. And um, in, in, in a Matthew 24, when Jesus was answering the questions of when is this going to happen, he, this is one of his answers. The good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So basically he's saying, once everyone hears it, and what, what nations means all people, all like uh, uh, people, ethnic groups, okay? So once everyone hears it, boom, the end's gonna come, okay? And that's what, that's what his prediction was. Um, here's what, here's a, a study that I heard about um, that they did in 2011. They said that, the gospel will be preached to all people groups in 10 to 15 years. Uh, that's 2011. You do the math. That was eight years ago. That it's going to happen in 10 to 15 years. So possibly, even today, the gospel has been preached to all ethnic groups. You know what? I, I thank the Lord what is not in that verse. That, that God doesn't say, when all the gospel is preached to all nations, I will immediately come. <laughs> I'm glad it just kind of leaves it open. Like, then the end will come. And so, man, the speed of the gospel is going forward. Um, Here's the third sign, is that everyone can see when Jesus comes back. That everyone can see when Jesus comes back. In Revelation chapter 1, it says this, Look, he he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him. And those who, uh, those who, uh, even those who pierced him. So, this is a cool verse because, the first time Jesus came, it was a little covert. It was, it, was, it was kind of secret. Like the wise men knew about it, but they had to do all this research to find Jesus. So the first time Jesus came, right, we celebrate Christmas, is he came as a babe, and it was in Bethlehem, and no one knew who he was, and so it was kind of, it was kind of a secret. This time, the second time that Jesus comes back, it's going to be a pate, right? I mean, Jesus is going to come back, and everyone's going to know about it. Everyone in, in this scripture is going to see it when he comes on the clouds. It's going to be a worldwide event. It's not going to be a secret. That's, that's what the, the prophecy says, right? But um, a couple generations ago, you would have thought, how is that possible? How could anyone, how can everyone in the world uh, see that happening? 
But how many guys know in today's day and age with technology and satellites and internet and every iPad and pad that you can have, I mean, you're just set up that you can, you can literally, when, when it happens, everyone will know about it. Anybody agree with that, right? I mean, think about this. Think about this. You know what happened this week that everyone knew about? Grumpy the cat died. Anybody know that Grumpy the cat died? <laughs> right? You know what? Does anybody, Grumpy the cat is that cat, the famous cat that has like an awesome, incredible frown. He's just like. Well, when he died, worldwide news went out and everyone knew about like, oh my God, Grumpy the cat's died. But if we all know that Grumpy the cat died, we're going to notice that Jesus is coming back. Amen. And so this is a possibility. Here's another sign that makes you go, hmm, are we in the end times? And here's the thing. I'm not here to freak you guys out. Like, I just, I just noted three things that go, oh, is it? But here's the one thing. We might possibly be in the 11th hour as far as the, the, the world is. We might be in the 11th hour. Here's the one thing I want to say to you guys. We have no idea how long that last hour is going to be. You have no idea. We can't even guess. And I love what Peter says in chapter, uh, 2 Peter verse 3. He says this. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And I want to be very clear that, you know what, maybe. And you're thinking, Tom, you said you're going to answer, are we living in the last days? You didn't answer it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it could happen in my generation. It could happen in my kids' generation. It could happen a hundred or a thousand years from now. It's God for, for, for him to know. Amen. And so I think there's a better question. There's a better, when we ask, are we living in the last days? I think there's a more important question that each and every single one of us should ask. And um, in that verse that we're talking about, just a couple of verses down in 2 Peter verse 3, he says something pretty cool. He says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. It's going to be unexpected. Even though we might be preparing and we know all the news and all this, it's still going to come unexpectedly. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, underline this, memorize it, or just take note of this scripture, this question. What kind of people ought you to be? This is a great question, right? Even though there's all these signs and these, all these evidences, it, Peter's basically saying this. He's saying, you know what? That's a good question of when is it going to happen. You know what's a better question is? Is how should I be in light of Jesus's return? Look inwardly and go, who, what kind of person should I be? What should I be doing? Should I be going about getting what I want or should I be going about what God wants? And we should be asking a very important question. Why? Because in light of the last days, it changes our whole perspective. It changes our whole focus that I'm not, okay, I'm waiting for Jesus, and which is a, a hopeful thing, but it's also an inward thing going, okay, well, what, then, what should I do then? How should I then live in, 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 the, in the midst of this? And so I have three things to give to you uh, and how we should live. Um, number one is that we should stay alert. We should stay alert. When the disciples asked Jesus, when is it happening? One of his answers was, in Matthew 24, verse 32, it says this, so stay awake, alert. 
You have no idea what day your ma- what day your master will show up. You have no idea, so stay alert. Now, here's the one thing I want to tell you: make sure you stay alert in the right way. Because you know what the wrong way is? The wrong way to stay alert is well, okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to be in my room, turn the lights off. I'm going to have every single news broadcast going. I have all iPads going. I'm going to just. I'm going to wait, and then I'm going to. I'm going to check my window now and then. Jesus, you coming back? Nope. Back into my hole. Okay, cool. You know, and that is the wrong way to stay alert. Can I get an amen for that, right? That's, you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be hunkering down. And I, I believe this, that alert means, um, one is that we, we think eternally. That we think that, and we believe that we are citizens of heaven, Amen. That we are just passing through. And you know what that means to me? That everything that I own, everything that I'm building up, everything that I'm collecting, I should hold lightly to. That guitar, that precious guitar that Trevor has that his, his father gave to him when he graduated from high school, right? If we think eternally, we're holding lightly to it. It's like, okay, you know what? That's things of this earth, right? I have, a, I have an expensive uh, Les Paul guitar. Come on, right? That's right, I'm a rocker, right? I'm holding lightly to the things of this world because when I go up, it's going to be my friends, my family, and my soul that's going to go, right? I'm going to hold lightly to it. The other thing that to be alert is, is that we, have, we should have a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency means that, you know what? The question is, are we living in the last days? Here's the one fact that I want to tell you. You're living in your last days. You guys get that? That... Our, every single one of us, our days are numbered. So my question for that is, what are you doing about it? Are you making the most of every single day you're living on this earth? Are you making, is there a sense of urgency? Like, man, I gotta, I gotta get this done. And um, think about something that you love to do. That you absolutely like, man, I just love doing this, right? I, I, I thought about this, that there's, there's a limited number of times that you're gonna be doing that before you pass from this earth, right? So I love to drum. I love drumming. Any drummers out there, right? You know why I love drumming? Because I took piano lessons when I was young and I played guitar. You know what I love about drums? You don't have to think about notes. You just hit like this. And you just, you know, if you have an anger problem or a stress problem, start playing the drums. Your neighbors are going to hate you for it, but man, you're going to be, your soul, it's, ther- it's good therapy. And so I love playing the drums. Uh, I currently play in a band, so for some reason, people still want to uh, hear us play, so I play gigs and I practice. And so here's the one thought I thought. I'm like, I'm getting old. I am. I'm like, I mean, you might, might not believe this, but next year, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 50, okay? Remember that skit? I'm 50. Oh, you know, remember that? Um, I'm going to turn 50, and here's one thought that came to me, that there's going to be a time when I'm not going to drum anymore, that, that my last gig or my last, this might be it. Like, I don't see myself playing punk rock when I'm 70 years old. No, I don't. And so there's a limited time. And so here's what, what has, it has given me a sense of urgency about my drumming, which means I'm practicing more, which means every practice, every gig that I play, I'm practicing so that I'm, I'm like making the most of it. Right, and then when I practice, and then when I'm playing gigs, I'm like, oh, I'm savoring every moment. I'm like, yeah, that's my drum face, by the way. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, I'm savoring it. And so my 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 encouragement to you is, are you savoring every moment that you have with your kids and your spouse 
and your friends and your family? Is there a sense of urgency like, man, time is limited here. We're like a dust in the wind and I'm taking advantage of it. I have a sense of urgency. Are you being disciplined? Are you training yourself to be godly? Are you getting better at, at just being a follower of Jesus? Or are you just like, eh, just go to church every week? That there's, it should be a sense of urgency, amen? That you should stay alert. The second thing is, leads to my next point, is that we gotta be focused. Be focused. And here's what I mean by that. That you f- would focus on the things that are important and not focus on the things that are not important. That you would major in the things that are major and that you wouldn't major in the things that are minor. And I think this is so important because if, if my days and your days are numbered, well, I want to make the most of it by doing the things that are important, amen? And so there was a time uh, when the disciples asked another question to Jesus, but it was another when question. And the when was, Jesus, when are you going to restore the nation of Israel? And there's all these prophetic words back in Jeremiah and Ezekiel about that the nation of Israel become restored. And at that time, if you guys know the history, is they were ruled by, by the Romans. And so, thank you. And then, that's a great amen right there. Um, so when they asked Jesus this, he already died on the cross. He already rose again from the grave. And this is right before he ascended into heaven. They asked him, when are you going to restore the nation of Israel? And... Jesus' response has become probably one of the most powerful verses in the New Testament. It's actually one of my personal favorite verses. And in Acts 1-7, this is Jesus' response to the disciples' question. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit a spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To me, I, I hold on to this verse. I love this verse. And the fact that his, Jesus's immediate reaction to the disciples when he said, they're asking, when, Jesus, when are you going to restore it? He says, that is not for you to know. That is not, that's for the Father to set those dates. But you know what? That's not important. You know what is important? Is be my witness into the world, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth, and tell people about me. And I love the fact that Jesus reminded him, that's not important, but this is important. You know why it's so important to me? Is because those guys went out and they changed the world. They went and did exactly what Jesus did, that they went into Jerusalem, that they went into Judea, they went into Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know what the proof is? That we're sitting in this place right now worshiping Jesus because of what they did 2,000 years ago. Can we give those guys a hand for going, that that's the mission at hand, that's what's important. Not the when, but the what should we do now? How should we live? Because here's the thing. How many guys know when the the nation of Israel was was restored? Well, give me a date. You guys know your history? Israel was restored in 1948. Imagine if Jesus answered that question. Hey, Jesus, when are you going to restore the nation of Israel? Oh, in about 2,000 years. Take that. Right? Imagine all the disciples, like, their hearts sank. They're like, oh, well, I'll just wait then. Right? You know? 
And I think God knows human nature and says, you know what, you don't need to know that. You don't need to know that. You know what's more important? Tell people about me and share the gospel. And thank God they did, amen? Thank God they did. Be focused, which means don't get distracted. Be obsessive when. Be obsessed. Go, well, what should I do? How, who should I be? Yeah? And, and I think Peter, definitely one of the disciples, right? He was there, right? Peter wrote these verses, and he gets it. Here's, here's what he wrote in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. He says, we read this before, but do, uh, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some under, uh, understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In First Peter, he writes this, the end of the world is coming soon. Just being straight out. Right, and I want, I want you to remind, remind you, every generation since Jesus, right, has said this is the end. This is the generation. This is the last days. Every single generation, so we're not different. But here Peter's saying, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, I love this because he's saying, the end is coming soon. This is what you should do. And he says this, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. I love that. You know why? Because he's, you know what? Hey, the end's coming soon. Guess what? Love better. Be more hospitable. Show the grace of God. Be the hands and feet of Jesus then. Go out and do that. Peter got it. And um, I think, don't we need to be focused in that way rather than oh my gosh, I'm afraid. No, you know what? I want to get better at loving people uh, the way that Jesus loves people. And uh, interesting enough, um, I got a phone call this week and I think it was God's timing actually. My friend uh, used to come to our church. He's in the military. So he got uh, deployed out. And so he called me up. And so he's been studying about this and he's been excited. He actually wants to become a pastor. And But so he's in the military. So he's more in the know. So he's getting intelligence and news that's not broadcasted on regular news, right? So he's putting two and two together and he's calling me up and like, he's like, Tom, I got to talk to you. I'm, I'm really excited. So he's like, dude, we're, we're in the last days. I'm seeing, reading this in the Bible. I'm seeing this happening on earth. And he's going for about 25 minutes just going off and all. Oh, that's awesome, right? And lucky I was like studying for the sermon. So I was like, I was waiting for to ask the question, right? He went on for like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome, man. Then I asked him this. I'm all, okay, then what are you doing about it? I asked him, right? So what, what has that caused you to do? And I loved his answer. You know what his answer was? He's all, well, you know what? Because I, I am looking at the Bible and we got to keep a sense of urgency and stay alert. I called my brother up because I wasn't sure where he was walking with the Lord. And so I shared some scriptures with him. And guess what? I prayed the salvation prayer with him. Wow. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. And then you know what? After that, my brother got so excited. He called his friend up. They started talking about it. And guess what? He got saved. So my friend Mitch's reaction was two people came to Jesus Christ. I was like, whoa, that's, I'm like, Good response, Mitch. Right on. Good job that you're staying focused on what's important. Amen? You stay focused on that. Um, and then the last one, I love this one. This is the third thing that we should do in light of the end days, is that we become who God intends you to be. That you become who God intends you to be. There's one scripture 
that I absolutely love and hold on to. Jeremiah 29 and 11, if you don't know that scripture, it's that God has a plan and a purpose for you. It's for good. It's for a future. He has, he knows that. He has it in his mind. He has something that he has intended for you to do because he, he created you. You're his masterpiece. He has a mission that he wants you to accomplish in this lifetime. And I hold on to this because I look back. I look back when I first came to this church. We were called Hope Chapel back in the 80s. My brother got saved, miraculously saved, and he started coming to Hope Chapel. And so I was a heavy metal head that he's all, oh, you need Jesus. I'm all, yeah, okay. And uh, so you know what my brother did? He's all, I'll give you five bucks if you come to church with me. And I looked at him, I'm like, easy five bucks. Let's do this. I got bribed to come to church, guys, and uh, I haven't left. And I came to this church, and I found my friends, and I found Jesus, and I found my calling, and I held on to Jeremiah 29, 11 that says he has a plan and a future for me. And you know what I told myself? I want that. I want whatever God has for me. And so here's me getting bribed to come to church. I had no idea that one day I'll be preaching to you guys about the, the, the are we living in the last days, that I'll be giving the word of God to you. And I say that not to brag about myself. I say that to say, God had a store for me. And all I had to do was want it and grasp at it and, and strive for it. And so my encouragement to you is be all that God has intended you to be in this scripture in, in uh, a little bit further down from that one I just read in 1 Peter 4, verse 7, when he said the end is, of the world is coming soon, and then he gave you what you should do about it. In verse 10, it says this. He says, God has given each of you a gift for his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do, uh, do you have a gift of speaking? then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have a gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I love when writers in the Bible, they just like, they get so excited. I'm going to amen myself. They're like, man, they're so excited. And you know, here's the bottom line of what Paul, uh, Peter is writing here. He's saying, you know what? Figure out the gift that God has given you. Figure it out. What has he given you? He has given you something that you're going to bless this world and you're going to make a difference. Figure that out. And when you figure it out, do it with all the strength and all the power and all of your ability. Do it excellent and just make a difference in the world and use your gift for that. And not just for yourself, do it for my glory. That's what he's saying in that verse. He's saying, figure out your gift, do it well, and give me the credit for it. Isn't that worth just striving for for the rest of your days? just figuring that out. And so my encouragement is be who God intends you to be because I mean I don't this is a dumb question. Anybody like TV? Anybody like movies? You know why you like movies? Here's the one reason why I love movies. I love character development, which means in the beginning of the movie, there's this one guy, and he's just, eh, he's okay, and whatever it is. And then he went through some conflict, and he went through some things that happened to him, and he grew, and that something happened where he changed, and he made some decisions and took some action. And at the end, you're like, you know, after the long movie, and, you're, and then you're crying for this person that you didn't even like in the beginning of the movie. You're like, oh, my God, that's my boy growing up. That's not even your boy. And you're like, oh, that's... And, and we, we love the character development. We love the story, and that's why we like these 
movies so much. And you know what? Here's my theory. Here's why I think we like those movies. Because inside of us, there's a desire for us to live a, a good story. That we want to live a great story. And here's the one thing I want to tell you. God has a great story planned for you. He has a wonderful story for you. And all he's asking, do you want to grab it? Do you want to take part of it? Do you want to grab that calling and that mission and that thing that's going to make a difference in this world? Because I got it. I got a plan for you. All you got to do is want it and walk in it. Amen? Imagine all of us, and I'm done. Imagine all of us if we stayed alert in the right way, that we focus on what God has called us to do, is to share his word in his power and to love people And that we walked and we became who God intended us to be. Imagine if all of us did that for the rest of our days. That, to me, that's just, I could do that. Whether, it, the, whether the, the, we're living in the last days and that's coming soon, or I'm living in my last days, I want to make the most of it, amen? There's one, I'm going to close with this. In Jesus' last days here on earth, and we celebrate Easter and he got crucified. But the day before that, when he had the last supper with his disciples, he was washing the disciples' feet. And he said something very interesting. He said this, and we don't have it on the screen, but in John 13, 34, he washed the disciples' feet, and then he said to them, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you. Now, this is a little bit different than what he said before. Someone asked him, what's the most important commandment? He said, well, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, he changed it up a bit. You know what he said? Don't just love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor just as I, Jesus, have loved you. He's taken loving to a new standard because, I mean, we all know Jesus gave his life for you and me. Amen? He died for me. I mean, he, he, he gave the ultimate sacrifice on this Memorial Day weekend that we get to remember him. And th- th- here's the one thing that I, that I want to strive to do for the rest of my life is the way that Jesus loved me, I want to get better at that because I want to I love others. I want to show that same love that Jesus gave me to other people. And I can spend my whole life just striving to do that. And I hope you do that too in yours and my last days here on earth. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we come before you and uh, we're humbled. And knowing that you got this whole thing in control, that, Lord, I hope I did you justice and I'm not here to cause any fear or any worry, but I do want to make sure that we are doing what you've called us to do. You're doing what is important, and that's being the hands and feet of, of you, Lord Jesus, to this world that need it most desperately, that need your salvation and your love and your healing and your restoration. They need someone to walk with them in the fire and to hold back the waters. Lord, most of us in this room, we know that. You've walked with us in the fire. You've held back the waters. You've saved our souls. You've forgiven us. 
There's a desperate world. There's a desperate town in Kanyoe and in Kailua that needs us to be your witness and to walk in your power and to share your love, God, and to love like you loved us. I thank you for that. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to give an opportunity for anybody here to declare Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And it's it's a really simple thing, but it has a huge impact. The impact is that you'll be forgiven of sin and that you'll you get to live eternally with him when you pass from this earth, that you are an adopted child of God. And all he asks from you is that you acknowledge what he did on the cross, that Jesus died on the cross and you would say, yep, I believe in that. And because he died on the cross, that you are forgiven of sin. And that three days later that he rose again from the grave and he is still alive, Lord of all lords and king of all kings, sitting at the right hand of God, that you just believe that and go, Lord Jesus, I believe that. And because of that, I want to give you my life, become a a born-again Christian, a follower of Jesus. If you want that this morning, or maybe this is a rededication, uh, I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to, I want to, I want you to hitchhike off my, off of my prayer and say to Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you because I believe in you. I want to become a Christian. I want to be saved. If that's you this morning, can you do me a favor before we say that prayer? Can you let me know that you're going to be praying with me? Just simply right now, can you just raise your hand? No one's looking. Everyone's got their eyes closed and head bowed. We got one over there. Anybody else? We got two. Anybody else want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Just declare him either it's a first time or a rededication. Anybody? All right, we had a couple hands go up. Anybody else? Awesome. Hey, you can put your hands down. Thank you for doing that. This is the best thing that's happened all service long is you giving your life to Jesus. Now, hitchhike off of my words. And just say this prayer to Jesus right now. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe I am forgiven of sin because of it. And I give you my life. I surrender my life over to you. Lord, I believe I'm a new creation. And I accept all that you have for me, God. I declare you my Lord and my Savior. I praise you for that. I thank you and I love you. You are my God. In Jesus' precious name we all pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand for those people that just gave their lives to Jesus.